Greetings and salutations, my fellow plebs. My name is Walker, and this is the Bitcoin Podcast. It's Friday, November 3rd, 2023. The Bitcoin block height is 815145, and the value of one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. Today's episode is the Bitcoin News Roundup. I'm going to go over the big stories, run through a bunch of rapid fire news, then zoom out and give you some perspective. You can find all the links and accounts mentioned this episode via the article version of this show, linked in the show notes, or by going to bitcoinpodcast.net slash words. And of course, you can watch the Bitcoin podcast on Rumble, YouTube, or X by searching at Walker America, or listen on fountain.fm, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for the Bitcoin podcast. If you listen to the Bitcoin podcast on Fountain, consider giving the show a boost or creating a clip of something you found interesting. For those that have boosted this show already or zapped me on Noster, thank you. And if you haven't checked out Fountain yet, I highly recommend it. You can send Bitcoin to your favorite podcasters and earn Bitcoin just for listening to this show. Also, some big news. I'm pleased to announce that the Bitcoin podcast has its first official sponsor. BitBox and the BitBox O2 Bitcoin-only hardware wallet. Head to bitbox.swiss slash walker and use the promo code walker for 5% off. I just set mine up and honestly, I can't believe I hadn't used the BitBox O2 until now. It's easy as hell to use, Bitcoin-only, of course, and it is fully open source. So you can see the firmware on the BitBox O2, the BitBox app, and even x-rays of the hardware and other schematics. Just go to their GitHub and see it for yourself. You don't have to trust me. Go verify it. Help build one yourself if you feel like it, or, you know, go to bitbox.swiss slash walker and use promo code walker for 5% off. It is up to you. Thank you to BitBox for sponsoring another fucking Bitcoin podcast. It means a lot to have your support. So, without further ado, let's get into the Bitcoin News Roundup. Bitcoin turns trash to treasure. Yesterday, Bitcoin mining company Marathon Digital Holdings announced the energization of its first Bitcoin mining pilot project powered by renewable off-grid energy from a landfill. Marathon, better known by the stock ticker Mara, M-A-R-A, has entered into an agreement with Nodal Power, a company that develops and operates renewable energy assets, specifically in the biogas space, to launch a 280-kilowatt Bitcoin mining pilot project in Utah, and it is exclusively powered by landfill methane gas. The pilot project is currently fully energized and operational. To give you some context for why mining Bitcoin via a landfill is such an amazing thing, according to the United Nations Environmental Health Program, Methane is 80 times more harmful than CO2 for 20 years after it's released. It makes CO2 look completely inconsequential, which perhaps it is. But that's a topic for a different day. According to the EPA, municipal solid waste emissions, which accounted for approximately 14.3% of all methane emissions in the United States in 2021, quote, represent a lost opportunity to capture and use a significant energy resource, end quote. Now, I love seeing announcements like this because it completely destroys the already flimsy arguments made by propagandists like Greenpeace or Elizabeth Warren, who say that Bitcoin is bad for the environment. Here you have a company, and it's not the only one, mind you, that is literally turning rotting trash into energy 
and turning that energy into the hardest money that humans have ever discovered, which is Bitcoin. Find me another industry that is using methane from landfills to generate off-grid power. You won't because it's too expensive to get these projects off the ground, and no other industry has the unique characteristics of Bitcoin miners, which serve as both a buyer of first and last resort. Bitcoin miners want cheap energy. It doesn't matter if that energy is from a hydroelectric dam that's producing more than the grid needs, or from an off-grid pile of literal garbage that's now being turned into pristine, cryptographically secure digital property, all while stopping that harmful methane from escaping into the atmosphere. At this point, anyone who claims that Bitcoin is bad for the environment is either uneducated and needs to study more, or purposefully lying because they have other interests at play and Bitcoin is a threat to their existing power structure. I'm looking at you, Elizabeth Warren. Bitcoin having countdown and 93% of Bitcoin mined. Yesterday, the Bitcoin time chain passed block number 815,000. The Bitcoin halving, where the issuance of new Bitcoin per block is cut in half, happens at block 840,000. This means that there are less than 25,000 blocks to go until the halving. Additionally, yesterday, Wicked, my favorite Bitcoin visualizer, it's at W underscore S underscore Bitcoin on Twitter, informed us that we have officially mined 93% of the total supply of 91 million Bitcoin, leaving just 7% left. If you're new to Bitcoin and don't know what the halving is, I did a whole episode covering it, but here is the basic idea. The Bitcoin halving cycle is a mechanism inherent in the Bitcoin protocol, which, as the name suggests, cuts the reward for mining Bitcoin in half every 210,000 blocks, which is approximately every four years. So, put another way, the Bitcoin monetary inflation rate exponentially decreases every four years until all 21 million Bitcoins have been mined. You may be asking, how do we know the halving will occur every four years? Well, it's because of Bitcoin's difficulty adjustment. The difficulty adjustment, which happens every 2016 blocks, or roughly every two weeks, is a mechanism that ensures the time it takes to mine a block remains at approximately 10 minutes, regardless of the total computational power or hash rate of the network. If the blocks were mined faster than every 10 minutes on average during this period, the difficulty increases. If blocks were mined slower, the difficulty decreases. Now, here's an interesting fun fact about the mathematical structure of halving cycles you can use to impress a fellow Bitcoiner. The design of Bitcoin's issuance model is such that after each halving cycle, approximately 50% of the remaining Bitcoin to ever be mined is issued in that cycle. So, at the end of each cycle, the percentage of total Bitcoin left to be mined corresponds roughly to the block reward from the previous cycle, expressed as a percentage of the total supply of 21 million Bitcoin. For instance, at the end of the first halving cycle, when the block reward went from 50 to 25 Bitcoin, about 50% of the total Bitcoin were left to be mined. At the end of the second halving cycle, when the block reward went from 25 to 12.5, about 25% were left. And at the end of the third, when the reward went from 12.5 to 6.25, about 12.5% were left. So in the current cycle, the block reward is 6.25 Bitcoin. At the beginning of this cycle, there were about 18.375 million Bitcoin in existence already mined, 87.5% of the total supply, leaving that 12.5% or 2.625 million Bitcoin left to be mined. But at the end of this cycle, 
which is less than 25,000 blocks away, remember, the block reward will have to 3.125 Bitcoin. By this time, we'll have about 19.6875 million Bitcoin in existence, 93.75% of the total supply, leaving 6.25% or 1.3125 million Bitcoin yet to be mined, which matches the block reward from this cycle. Isn't Bitcoin math just fun? Now, you guys know I don't like to talk about price too much on this show, but it's safe to say that after this next halving and in the coming years, the fiat price of Bitcoin will be much higher than it is today. When that happens, you don't want your hard-earned Bitcoin sitting in a hot wallet that someone else controls, or even worse, in an exchange that may or may not have your Bitcoin when you want to withdraw. So now is a good time to figure out how to self-custody your Bitcoin, if you haven't already, using a hardware wallet, so you're prepared when things inevitably get a little crazy. And to do that, you can head to bitbox.swiss walker and use the promo code walker for 5% off the Bitbox 2 Bitcoin only hardware wallet. And again, real talk, the user experience is great, and I recommend it both for new Bitcoiners and seasoned psychopaths alike. So take the time to secure your Bitcoin now so you can sleep soundly at night in the years to come. Bitbox.swiss walker, promo code walker for 5% off. Fighting Inflation with Inflation Two days ago, news dropped that Japan was set to approve a $110 billion stimulus package to fight inflation. When I first read this headline, I honestly thought it was satire. As my lovely wife Carla put it, that's like an overweight person saying they're going to eat a thousand donuts to fight obesity. Then yesterday, I read the updated article which said, Japan's cabinet approved on Thursday a package of economic measures worth about 17 trillion yen, or, or $112 billion, including income tax cuts, as Prime Minister Fumio Kishida grapples with persistent inflation and falling approval ratings. And then it all made sense. Obviously, a $112 billion stimulus package isn't going to fight inflation. That would be fucking stupid. That would be about as stupid as giving out tax breaks to people and subsidies to companies to tackle climate change and calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. But then again, we live in fucking stupid times. Take Argentina, where the current Minister of Finance and presidential candidate Sergio Massa promised to get rid of all income tax ahead of the election after realizing he was far behind pro-Bitcoin and anti-central bank candidate Javier Malay in the polls. These sorts of measures, whether they're in Japan, the USA, Argentina, or elsewhere, show the desperation of government leaders to kick the can down the road just long enough to stay in power just a little longer. It's honestly disgusting, because the longer they kick the can down the road, mortgaging the future at the expense of the present, the worse it's going to be for the younger generations who will have to suffer the greatest consequences from the foolish and selfish policies of the older generations. Here's the thing. Giving people a tax cut doesn't mean a damn thing when the government and central bank just print money out of thin air. Inflating the amount of money in a system is inflation. You don't reduce the amount of money in the system by creating more money out of thin air. Or, as Preston Pish put it, because we need more made-up money to have less money. Hmm. 
Ultimately, politicians in power who see their popularity dropping and fear losing their power will do anything they can to trick their constituents into believing that they're giving them a helping hand, and their tricks almost invariably involve giving out money to people and companies under the guise of misguided equity, climate change, or whatever the buzzword du jour happens to be. If you think the average citizen is getting the better end of the deal in any of these countries, I have an NFT of a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. FinCEN's Folly Unless you've been living under a rock these past few weeks, you probably saw that FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, published a totalitarian rule proposal that expands the already totalitarian Patriot Act to cover CVC mixing, convertible virtual currency mixing. Here's the timeline of what happened. On October 10th, the Wall Street Journal published an article which falsely claimed that Hamas militants behind Israel attack raised millions in crypto. On October 17th, Big Banking's best friend Elizabeth Warren and 104 other members of Congress wrote a letter to the president about their concerns that cryptocurrencies were being used to finance terrorism, specifically Hamas. Their arguments were based on this Wall Street Journal article. And then, shockingly, on October 23rd, FinCEN published their Proposal of Special Measures Regarding Convertible Virtual Currency Mixing as a Class of Transactions of Primary Money Laundering Concern. It's important to note that they're not trying to change the law here. They're proposing a rule change, which means they will change the way an existing law is applied or enforced. As usual, Politicians and regulators are opportunistically using real-world tragedy to invent fake problems with Bitcoin. After all, if they really cared about money laundering and cracking down on it, they would send the leadership at every major bank to prison for the rest of their lives, because 99% of the money laundered globally is done via the traditional fiat currency system using traditional banks run by traditional bankers, and all they ever get is a slap on the wrist and a fine, then back to business as usual, boys. I'm not going to take up too much of your time on this today, as it's already been covered extensively by others. What I will say to you is you should go to regulations.gov and submit a comment to this proposal. You have until January 22nd, 2024 to do so. Refer to docket number FinCEN-2023-0016 in the submission. Jan, that's at SKWP on Twitter, put together a nice response template for this. It's linked in the article version of this episode at bitcoinpodcast.net slash words. Preston Pish also wrote a great response to this for Bitcoin Magazine, titled Bitcoin Equals Anti-Totalitarianism, which I also happen to have read out loud for the last Bitcoin Out Loud episode. Here's a quick quote from it. Delving deeper into the facts revealed by Chainalysis, it becomes increasingly evident how Senator Warren's letter dramatically skewed the situation. The detailed analysis zeroes in on a specific address that conducted over 1,300 deposits and 1,200 withdrawals within a mere 7.5 months, with a total inflow of roughly $82 million in cryptocurrency. However, a mere fraction of this amount, approximately $450,000, can be linked back to a wallet associated with terrorist activities. This represents a mere 
0.3461% of the purported $130 million claimed in the letter, a staggering discrepancy that lays bare the deceptive nature of the narrative being pushed to the White House. Thank you to Preston and all the others who have used their voices and their platforms to shed light on the lies and hypocrisy of the legacy media, politicians, and regulators pushing false narratives about Bitcoin. Now for some rapid-fire news. Fidelity's director of Global Macro, Jurian Timmer, calls Bitcoin exponential gold and says it's in a different universe from a risk versus return perspective. Via Bitcoin Archive, Jack Dorsey's Cash App sold $2.4 billion worth of Bitcoin to customers in Q3. Via Michael Saylor, in October, MicroStrategy acquired an additional 155 BTC for $5.3 million and now holds 158,400 BTC. Michael also had a fantastic interview on CNBC, but I want to share with you just one particular quote from it that I found to be one of the most succinct and inarguable statements of the kind that only Sailor can deliver. You don't think you have enough exposure? You have, what, 158,000 Bitcoin holdings in MicroStrategy? You want more? You can never have too much Bitcoin. We're, uh, we're big Bitcoin bulls. Uh, our thesis is that uh, Bitcoin is digital property, but without the risks and the liabilities of, of commercial real estate, it's a digital commodity without the risks and the liabilities of gold. It's a digital tech investment without the risks and the liabilities of big tech. And so we're bullish. Via CGTN America, Swiss regulators, banks, discuss measures to prevent bank runs, sources tell Reuters. Bank measures could include staggering withdrawals, imposing exit fees, and would target top banks such as UBS and wealth clients. Swiss talks in early stages with SNB, government involved. To which Lynn Alden asked the question, are Swiss regulators trying to be the Bitcoin marketing department now, or via Nico from Simply Bitcoin? Last year, you wrote that, quote, in their attempt to avoid being traced, Illegal actors have adopted ever more sophisticated cryptocurrency technologies, such as non-custodial wallets. Elizabeth Warren finally admits what we've known for months. They want to make self-custody a crime. Via Dylan McClare. The hilarious thing is that 88.5% of the Bitcoin supply hasn't moved in the last three months. Wall Street is going to have to really pump this thing to get holders to part with their coins. Via Lynn Alden, the Treasury expects to borrow nearly $1.6 trillion in net new debt during the six-month period covering this quarter and next quarter. Botev Plovdiv FC, Bulgaria's oldest football club, embraces Bitcoin and Noster. Now fans can make Bitcoin payments at their fan shops and central stadium stands. And via Mr. Hubertus, one of Austria's oldest and most traditional clubs, FC Admira Wacker, is becoming the first Bitcoin football club in the German-speaking part of Europe. It seems that Peter McCormick's example with Bedford is really catching on as more teams adopt a Bitcoin standard. Via Alex Gladstein, on November 14th, HRF, the Human Rights Foundation, will launch its CBDC tracker program at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. The tracker will go online for the first time 
providing the public with a resource to examine the progress and risks of CBDC implementation worldwide. <clears throat> and last but not least, the second Noster Unconference took place this week. It's called Nosterasia, and Jack Dorsey had a great discussion with Edward Snowden, during which Jack said, If Bitcoin existed before Twitter started, we would have had a much better option and a much better path and removed at least one of the single points of failure. And that's what makes me so excited about Nostra is it does have micropayments. Like it's real. It's, it's a scaled experiment that we can actually learn from. And that to me is so rare and, and so amazing that it actually exists uh, right now and people can play with it and most importantly feel it. And then the last single point of failure that was meaningful was what you mentioned in terms of the government, in terms of regulators. Obviously, a lot of this was exposed in the Twitter files, and it's, um, it's very challenging as an individual or anyone in the company when the government or any government comes knocking at your door. It's very hard to take the stand that, that you took. You can watch all the talks from Nostrasia on the Unconference YouTube channel, linked in the article version of this show. To wrap up today's show, let's zoom out and talk about truth. In the fiat clown world, lies and deception are the norm because the system itself is based on a lie that you can print money out of thin air with zero consequences, and 2% inflation is good for the economy. Money is the base layer of everything. It's how we save the value of our time and energy. It's how we exchange value. It's how we coordinate to make the most productive use of value and create more of it. When the base layer is corrupted by lies, everything built on top of those lies is necessarily also a lie. You can't build a tower of truth on a foundation of falsehoods, so to speak. You see the lies from the base layer permeate and infect everything built on top of them. You see the lies in academia, where a PhD is used as a shield to protect its owner from criticism, and a sword to cut down any who would dare to question the wisdom of the anointed. You see lies in politics, where politicians promise anything and everything to get themselves elected, only to deliver nothing and do exactly what the other guy would have done, maintain the status quo. You see lies used to convince the populace that we must fight war after war after war, sending the flower of our youth to die on the battlefield while the military-industrial complex rakes in the profits and politicians insider trade on the information. Money is our base layer, and our base layer is broken. When the money breaks, everything else breaks with it. Bitcoin represents a new monetary base layer built on truth. Bitcoin represents a solid foundation upon which we can build a better world. Bitcoin cannot be manipulated. It can't be printed out of thin air. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin, and the rules are the same for everyone. Bitcoin is true, and Bitcoin is fair. That is why the people in power hate Bitcoin, because it holds a mirror up to the lie of the fiat world. It shatters the illusions they've spent so many years carefully building to keep you in the dark. It lays bare the corruption, grift, and deceit 
which run rampant in our world today. Bitcoin is a challenge to the status quo because it is truthful in a world built on lies. So, my fellow plebs, keep speaking the truth. Keep fighting fallacies with facts. Keep helping people find the signal of truth through the noise of lies. And remember, all they can do is lie about Bitcoin. All we must do is tell the truth. Bitcoin is the truth, and the truth will set us free. And that's a wrap on this Bitcoin News Roundup episode of The Bitcoin Podcast. If you are a Bitcoin-only company interested in sponsoring another fucking Bitcoin podcast, head to bitcoinpodcast.net. You can find me on Noster by going to primal.net slash walker. And if you want to follow the Bitcoin podcast on Twitter, go to at Walker America and at Titcoin Podcast. You can also find the video version of this podcast on X, youtube.com slash at Walker America or at Walker America on Rumble. Bitcoin is scarce. There will only ever be 21 million. But Bitcoin podcasts are abundant. So thank you for spending your scarce time to listen to another fucking Bitcoin podcast. Until next time, stay free.